conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on the Jim Benson Show. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Do you hear that? This monster, who evidence strongly suggests, has for years been selling influence in the public offices he's held, who refuses and openly opposes obeying our immigration laws and has encouraged an invasion of millions of illegal aliens, who abandoned our allies and $85 billion worth of state-of-the-art military weapons and hardware while turning Afghanistan over to terrorists sympathetic to communist China, whose family has undisputedly received at least $31 million from communist China, who has imposed a Marxist revolution on this country. This appallingly corrupt old fool says that you, if you're a MAGA supporter, are a threat to this country. Many millions of Americans hold that he and an as yet unidentified cabal of treasonous conspirators behind him who stole the election that installed him in the White House are the real threat to this country. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. The day after his fiery, hysterical speech, September 1, the plagiarizer-in-chief sort of walked back his sweeping denunciation that tens of millions of MAGA-supporting Americans are a threat to the soul of our now supposedly Marxist People's Republic, saying it's really only those who advocate violence, and who among us are doing that? And anyone who dares to claim or question that Biden won the 2020 election. No, you can't do that. But it was just fine all during Trump's term in office for the left, rhinos and their rich, that is Republicans in name only, and their rich monopoly capitalist allies making money or hoping to make money with red China to do nothing but claim that Trump stole the 2016 election in collusion with Russia for which there was not one bit of credible evidence, despite tens of millions spent on numerous official investigations. But now you mustn't dare dispute or raise any kind of doubt about the 2020 election and any chance of an official inquiry into the 2020 election. Hell no. In its desperation to eradicate the MAGA movement, the deep state has lately again trotted out its big gun. The former Trump admin attorney general and rhino mole Benedict Bill 
bullshit bar. You know, I told the president that evidence of his election fraud was bullshit. They trotted him out to launch attacks again on President Trump, this time over allegedly stealing classified material upon leaving the presidency and claim further justification for the obviously political raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Remember that Barr amassed a personal fortune of tens of millions, at least that's my understanding, while in private practice representing big corporations doing business in communist China. You don't do business in China unless you serve the communist Chinese party. And so many of our, as so many of our rich, super rich rather, elites have been doing and continue eagerly to do in return for personal fortunes bestowed upon them by the CCP as part of its elite capture doctrine. If you're like me and probably hundreds of millions of other people in the USA and around the world, you know that something terribly wrong happened with the 2020 election. Bizarre happenings kept occurring. Happenings like the sudden and almost simultaneous stopping of vote counting on election night in the key swing states that decided the election. This was the halting of vote counting where Donald Trump was way ahead of Joe Biden in votes cast. Then suddenly, later that night on election day and early the next morning, hundreds and hundreds of thousands more votes, virtually all cast for Joe Biden, came pouring in and were added to vote totals in those same key swing states, thus handing the 2020 election to Joe Biden. When I say all cast for Biden, I mean, at least that's what we're told. And there were so many other strange things happening, such as the prevention of Republican observers from seeing ballots in those swing states, ostensibly due to COVID-19 pandemic restrictions. Also, all the unconstitutional laws passed and upheld by leftist and rhino-dominated courts. The failures of state legislatures, governors, secretaries of state and the like to enforce election laws, and on and on it went Even more bizarre and, frankly, terrifying was a massive cover-up operation that began and continues to this day, whereby those challenging or questioning the election results are censored and removed from social media, railed against in mainstream media as conspiracy theorists, nutcases, and traitors. And this, while the political left and establishment's deep state howled and propagandized constantly every single day of Donald Trump's presidency about how he supposedly stole the 2016 election in collusion with Russia, for which there was not any evidence, as I said, and despite numerous official investigations. And here we are almost two years after the 2020 election, and we still have not been able to gain access to election equipment routers from across the nation, which would reveal cyber attack information, and to lo- or to look at most of the paper ballots cast in the 2020 election, although there have been some of them. These things we're told over and over are somehow proprietary and way beyond the rights of the lowly public to see. Well, there's already been widespread fraud discovered in the forensic audit in Arizona and also by the special investigative special counsel looking into the election fraud in Wisconsin. But of course, the rhinos are working hard to cover this up with their friends, the Democrats. It's only been in recent months that I've begun to get a better understanding of the massive conspiracy of the deep state and its communist Chinese co-conspirators to remove the greatest threat to their power, influence, wealth, and plan to take over the USA and enslave it along with the rest of the world. That's how I see it anyway. Of course, these monsters, again, these supposed elites of our world, and I guess I would have to include Joe Biden, 
won't tell you directly that they actually admire the mass murdering, terrorizing, and enslaving Communist Chinese Party with its absolute control over the Chinese people. They won't tell you directly that they plan to do away with the USA's constitution and the freedom it bestows on the American people. They won't tell you directly that they plan to enslave you like the Chinese people and so many other populations around the world and establish their vision of a world government technocracy running controlled by these same supposed societal elites. Elites who self-righteously view themselves as the only ones capable of deciding and imposing upon the rest of us what they deem best for us. But thanks to brave and dedicated people of Chinese descent who monitor what is and has been happening in communist China, along with other people who have been observing and studying the speeches, writings, and other activities of these supposed elites, and letting us know what they are really saying and doing, those of us who want to look at this information are gaining a better understanding of these people. We don't have time to play on today's program, to play it on today's program, but I recorded an interview Emerald Robinson did August 29 on her television show, The Absolute Truth on frankspeech.com with retired Colonel John Mills. Mills is a former director of cybersecurity policy, strategy, and international affairs at the Department of at the Department of Defense. He is a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. He is also the author of the new book, The Nation Will Follow, a record of firsthand experiences fighting the deep state. This book will be available later this month and can be pre-ordered from the website, thenationwillfollow.com. You can learn more about it there. In this interview, Robinson related that officials of the U.S. government recently put out statements claiming that they have great They've had great success in defending against cyber warfare in the last few U.S. elections and are continuing to defend and ensure the integrity of our future elections. I got the impression Mills has serious doubts that these federal government cybersecurity warriors are doing anything significant to look at what Mills sees as a critical cyber attack threat. What he described as the surreptitious hacking and insertion of what he calls complete data subsets into electronic vote equipment at the county level. In other words, undetectable cyber attack programs or algorithms as they're called, used to manipulate votes. As you may know, election integrity warrior Mike Lindell and his team have long contended that secret and for the most part, undetectable cyber attacks, almost all of which came from communist China, were perpetrated on every county in the US in the 2020 election. And I believe probably other elections before and after, which had the cumulative effect of flipping millions of votes originally cast for Donald Trump to Joe Biden, thus giving the incompetent CCP compromised Biden the astounding more than 80 million vote total in the 2020 election, at least according to the official count. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, of the Department of Homeland Security has concluded that electronic voting machinery used across the country have nine major security vulnerabilities to cyber attacks. But CISA was quick to add that it has not observed any exploitation of these vulnerabilities. What they didn't add is that they have not really looked for any such cyber attacks. Another election integrity fighter, Patrick Byrne, has declared that he has read over all the CISA reports regarding these vulnerabilities. And Byrne states these vulnerabilities are, vulnerabilities are actually failures for which there are known, known fixes. One thing I found especially informative during Edward Robinson's interview with Colonel Mills 
which you can watch by going to frankspeech.com, looking under the heading TV shows, and clicking on her August, August 29, The Absolute Truth Program. And that was Mill's description of the deep state as being composed of what he called, what he said were, quote, bureaucrats, technocrats, and plutocrats, unquote. In other words, people in our entrenched federal and other governmental bureaucracies, big tech titans, and Wall Street and other super rich people making or wanting to make fortunes with communist China. As part of their brilliant doctrine of elite capture, the CCP has long been ensnaring greedy Western financial and business types with the lure of making easy fortunes with China. It should come as no surprise that these same people are major figures at the annual gatherings of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. What I didn't know until I just recently read in radio and television host Alex Jones' new book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is that the WEF is what has morphed from the cabal of globalist and world government-worshipping societal elites of the Trilateral Commission, which was founded in 1973 by Columbia University professor and Carter administration official Zbigniew Brzezinski, and by David Rockefeller, Standard Oil Dynasty tycoon and heir, and former head of Chase Manhattan Bank. In his book, Alex Jones quotes from Zbigniew Brzezinski's 1970 book, Between Two Ages, America's Role in the Technotronic Era. In relating what he sees as Brzezinski's plan for these globalist elites to take over the USA, Jones quotes Brzezinski as stating the following, quote, more directly linked to the impact of technology, it involves the gradual appearance of a more controlled and directed society. Such a society would be dominated by an elite whose claim to political power would rest on allegedly superior scientific know-how. Unhindered by the restraints of traditional liberal values, this elite would not hesitate to achieve its political ends by using the latest modern techniques for influencing public behavior and keeping society under close surveillance and control. Close quote. It's important to note here that I believe in this quote when Brzezinski refers to, refers to traditional liberal values, he is not referring to present-day so-called liberals who are in fact communists, other socialists, or sympathizers and admirers thereof. Instead, Brzezinski is referring to the classical liberals of Western civilization. The U.S. Constitution was drawn up based on those traditional liberal values. In other words, Brzezinski is declaring that the rights and freedoms bestowed on Americans by our Constitution must be swept aside if the globalist vision of a world government technocracy and with it the enslavement of the Earth's populations is to be realized and achieved. With these things in mind, let's listen to an interview with Alex Jones by former Trump advisor Steve Bannon on Bannon's War Room program broadcast on Real America's Voice Network, August 30. Play soundbite one, please. In the next 71 days, we're going to see some very violent fireworks. I would predict racially motivated mass shootings, bombings, poisonings, attacks on power supplies being blamed on the right wing. They intend to bring in a full dictatorship in the next 71 days. And we are all strapped to this thing. This is such a dangerous time. And I would advise the globalist 
who are mid-level that think they're about to have a leftist revolution. The globalists don't actually plan at the higher levels to have that. They plan on having a civil war that brings down America, and you'll be the fall guy. Okay, welcome back. We got uh, Alex Jones. The, the release of the book is today, uh, The Great Reset and the War for the World. It's a, uh, it's a blockbuster. Everybody's got to get it. But I want to get in first. Alex, these comments uh, yesterday, uh, let's talk about them for a second because it's got everybody, obviously, their heads blowing up. We got now 70 days or 70 days to go. Um, You know, we've got momentum. They're trying to suppress it with suppression polls. They're sitting there going, you know, you guys are not going to have a red tsunami. What, What is your theory of the case here? Because you're a smart guy. Do you do you do you really believe that they're going to try to pull out all stops in this regard or? Does that hurt us playing into that narrative? Walk us through, because I know you're trying to accomplish exactly what we're trying to accomplish, which is to take the country back and to make sure we take it. We do the House and the Senate, and then we get, uh, you know, I don't know if Trump back in or not. I know that you've got some some very definitive thoughts about that. But we got to win the House. we got to win the Senate. We have to win these school boards. We have to win these state legislatures. So walk us through your theory of the case, because we only got a 40-second clip on you from yesterday. And, and I apologize. I know you requested full clip i've spent missing an hour on that in my third hour yesterday in context i said that is something that is in their deck of cards it's their ace of spades is a provocateur a false flag attack or something like we saw with the staged whitmer uh kidnapping situation a few years ago with the same fbi group then going and running the provocateuring on january 6th the same fbi group running the fake russian dossier and the same uh, special FBI unit now raiding Marlago uh, a few weeks ago. So we see the pre-programming of puppet Biden, the third administration of Obama, in June of last year, putting out a new national terrorism directive saying questioning election fraud, questioning election results, or questioning lockdowns or forced inoculation is terrorism or questioning critical race theory. That's officially in that national plan. And then we've seen them roll that out. We've seen the FBI say the number one terror threat is domestic right-wingers. They've now defined it as fascism if you support President Trump or America first. And then now we start seeing headlines at the top of Drudge yesterday, you know, imminent. Trump's calling for violence. Trump's Trump's calling for, for insurrection. January 6th, 2.0. And so that's been all over the news building up. And Biden came out on Friday uh, and said, I believe that Republicans are going to be violent in the next 74 days. Well, now, yesterday was 71 days. Now we're 70 days out. And if you look at all the pre-programming data points that are there, they're hyping this up. And with their long history uh, of Sirhan Sirhan being a patsy and uh, all the other events we've seen where the FBI goes out and actually creates these terror groups, that is what I would do if I was them. And we know Bill Clinton on Air Force One in front of the a huge press corps right after he won re-election in 2000 uh, in, in in 1996 excuse me said he owed his re-election when he was 10 points behind to the Oklahoma City bombing and so they can use these type of tragic events as a pretext to demonize and try to basically outlaw their opposition that's why he's calling Republicans semi-fascist claiming that if we don't want dead people and illegal aliens voting uh, or all these electronic voting machines or mail-in ballots that we're somehow fascist when they're the ones that are censoring and suppressing and raiding their political enemies. We now know the FBI admits Mark Zuckerberg told the truth uh, last week on Joe Rogan 
when he said, the FBI came to us and said, do not have this story. It is election meddling. But it was a real story. They were election meddling. So they know there's a giant political realignment against globalism, neoliberalism around the world. And, and, and really the epicenter is the United States and places like Brazil with Bolsonaro. And they know they're losing support with the Yellow Vest and all these other movements. And so they know that austerity and the Great Reset that, as you pointed out, is an irreversible collapse if it goes much further, is unpopular. They're taking the gloves off and going to a pure authoritarian model. And I believe in the next 70 days, it is their main move. And again, they pre-programmed it, pre-rolled it out, pre-advertised it to provocateur or stage some very serious massive events. It might be a new war. Uh, it, 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 it might be, oh, hackers took down a part of the power grid. It might not be a mass shooting. It might not be a bombing. Uh, but something big is going to happen. We're going to have a gigantic October surprise. What do you think? How do you, you, let's put uh, Biden's um, address to the nation. I don't know if the broadcast, it it doesn't seem to me to be newsworthy because it's purely political. What do you expect out of him? And how does that fit into your theory of the case when he's calling, this is worse than Hillary Clinton calling us the deplorables. I mean, right now, I I would argue that two-thirds of the nation back our policies, when we talk about inflation, immigration, crime, wokeness in schools, the economy on our side of the foot, this is Ron Brownstein on our side of the football versus theirs, climate change, demo, you know, whatever this, whatever their, their, this thing of democracy, because we got more votes than they have, uh, and, uh, and, uh, abortion. Brownstein saying that's what's going to motivate them. Put in your theory of the case, where does, where does Joe Biden's, uh, they're all fascist or semi-fascist fit in. And what do you anticipate he's going to tell the nation on Thursday night? Well, absolutely. What you just said is what he's going to say. He's going to say the Republicans want to take your vote. The Republicans want to take your right to kill children. The Republicans are evil. They're bad. And basically demonize the Republican Party top down because the populist realignment happened through the Republican Party, not through the Democratic Party. And so he's going to try to basically expand this idea of beginning to outlaw the political opposition. And and Democrats have been talking about outlawing the Republican Party. Uh, We see them going around the country with Gozer uh, and with Green and with countless other races. I mean, right here in Texas uh, with members of Congress, the Democrats are trying in court cases to bar multiple current members of Congress and people running from Congress to be able to not run because they questioned the, the, the 2020 election. And so they're trying to outlaw people running for office or being reelected who question election fraud. Well, we, we send the State Department around the world uh, to, to try to make sure elections are free and fair. And if you measure up U.S. elections to, to elections in the third world that they say are fraudulent, we're way fraudulent than them by every yardstick. So they're trying to outlaw questioning elections and barring people from running. That's the greatest form of blocking the electoral process and, and, and blocking voters will and then turning around he's going to have an address and say the, the republicans are fascist they don't want dead people and illegal aliens voting and and they don't want mail-in ballots the same way we know they stole the 2020 election so it's going to be a declaration of war an expansion of the ongoing declaration of war not just against america's energy not just our borders not just our sovereignty not just our currency not just the, the value of our dollar but a further declaration of war against anyone questioning any of their fraudulent narratives that are collapsing. 
I want to talk about I'm going to get to the FBI in a second, but I want to talk about these executive orders that you bring up, the one about the voting and the 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 previous one. Do you believe that Republican attorney generals and the Republican Party elected officials have done enough to expose what those executive orders were, what they really say, and to combat them even at a state attorney general level to contest what these executive orders are? Well, it's like you said a few days ago. Our biggest problem is not even the Democrats. They're unpopular, they're criminal, they're disgusting, but the Republican leadership will not get on the ramparts, will not defend the gates, will not cover any real issues. They talk about uh, you know, small business stimulation packages that don't even pass and things that are not on people's radar. They're not talking about inflation. They're not even talking about human smuggling and open borders like they should. They're not talking about election fraud. They're not talking about any of the real things that concern Americans. They're not talking about the military still being forcibly inoculated or illegal aliens can pour in by the millions and not even be given COVID tests or COVID shots, which I don't think they should be given COVID shots. But but then uh, Djokovic can't come here for the U.S. Open. The, the Republicans need to get on the offense, but the Republican rhino establishment is working with the Democrat Party establishment to fend off the populist, peaceful, political insurrection that has been taking the country and the world by storm. They are fighting us. They are attempting to bankrupt America to bring people to their knees in a giant cloud and priven great reset model so that we're so poor and so destitute, we've got to accept a communist socialist model with a high-tech technocracy, global ID, global carbon tax, global social credit score, global universal basic income. They're bringing down the old system that they've already sucked dry, poses the saviors as they bring in their new tyranny. That's why the climate we're in, it's not like five years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. It's closer to the climate we had during the, the, the Civil War, where there's major competing factions battling over control of this country, and they want the populist faction out of the game basically outlawed and, and labeled as terrorists. It's not going to work, though. That's why I warned the establishment that they really need to study history and, and look at what they've done and understand that drag queen story time and critical race theory has turned the country and really the world against them and that they, they should sue for peace. They should back down. They should not try to accelerate us into a civil war. But you see it all over the news. Civil war imminent. Uh, we're going to have a war with the Republicans. We're going to have a war with the populace. We're going to arrest Trump. Lindsey Graham, if you arrest Trump, there's going to be a civil war. There's going to be war on the streets. I don't, if they do arrest Trump, I don't want war on the streets. I want total political realignment to the next level. And we should talk about peaceful ways to not let them, Steve, provocateur yeah, us that, into violence. Th this is my point. Lindsey Graham and these guys who are never with us, to, for him to say that, because right now the momentum is on our side. Everything they're trying to do from the suppression polls to divert the conversation over to civil war to all of this gets us off the target, which is the target is November 8th in a sweeping. We could break the Democratic Party as a national political institution from the school. But you guys are seeing this in Texas from the school and what DeSantis has done in Florida, from the school boards all the way up to the state legislatures, to the House and the Senate. They're trying to divert our attention. What would you tell the people out there that, that follow you, given the fact that they're going to use information warfare like they've never done before? You're I-Corps commander. What is it? We're going to get to the book in the next break. But right now, what should what should the people that follow Alex Jones and the people that say, hey, look, this guy's smart and tough 
and he's one of our leaders. What is your advice to the populist movement right now? I would tell every person watching this to share this broadcast while it's live and, and, and later when it's archived. And, and I would have them send it to all of their liberal friends and leftist friends and say, how long are you going to be a chump? How long are you going to be a fool? Uh, even if you're unable to vote in this election uh, because of changing over parties, a lot of states can still do it. You need to understand you're going to be bankrupt. You're going to have no future if, if, if you don't wake up to the fact that some very criminal multinational corporations are using the Democratic Party to basically have a possible corporate takeover of this country. Then I would go out to every relative, every friend, every family, every employee, every boss, every stranger, and, and I would tell them, you need to go vote and you need to not just count on there being a red tsunami because there's going to be a blue election fraud firewall or, or seawall that's going to try to block that. But we know from the studies in places like Texas and Florida, they run out of dead people and they run out of illegals on the ballot uh, able to vote very, very quickly, and they hit a wall. So we've got to counter them with absolute, total and complete voting. Okay, sure. I think I reach a lot of voters being on air myself. Why do I need to go vote? Well, because every vote counts. And, and, and even if you think your state's red, it's not for long. We have to crush them now. Everybody watching has to go to their city council, their school board, even if you don't have children. You've got to go to the county commission. People are watching those commissions. Those, those, those hearings go out, they get picked up, they go viral. Everyone, especially America's veterans, because this is the real fight for the republic itself, must go every week to every televised hearing, whether you're in a small town or a big city. Everyone must call C-SPAN. Everyone must call into liberal talk radio. Everyone must understand that this is a massive historic crossroads, and the enemies of freedom know that, and we need a maximum effort to go out and to study the ballot and to vote for good people, and to just do everything we can to just have such a giant red wave they can't stop us. It's obvious, though not conclusively proven yet, due to the incredible resistance to investigators gaining access to voting equipment, but it's plain to me that the CCP has been deeply involved in subverting our elections along with infiltrating and corrupting virtually every other aspect of American society and government as part of their doctrine of hybrid warfare. I agree with NTD television commentator Brandon Fallon that Americans don't realize that we are already essentially occupied by this foreign and hostile power, the CCP, which has been buying off half the country, half the, the officials anyway in the country for many years with some of that trillions of dollars that's been raised on Wall Street and funneled into propping up the CCP. The CCP has been able to accomplish this in cooperation with their friends on Wall Street, as they call it, as a Chinese professor referred to them recently. These friends have become and or, and, or anticipate becoming fabulously enriched themselves while helping to raise these trillions in capital to fund and empower the monstrous communist totalitarian government in China. Wall Street elites are by no means the only ones among the corrupt American societal elites and governmental bureaucrats secretly working for the CCP. 
One of the best sources of information on the growing CCP influence and control over America is Peter Schweitzer's new book, Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Let's listen to an interview with Schweitzer on this subject, which I consider one of the best done recently. It's by Liz Wheeler on her Liz Wheeler show broadcast on YouTube. Uh, and this one was on August 8th. Play soundbite two, please. Hey guys, how we doing? I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. So I told you guys that we were going to try to give you bonus content, extra content over the weekend. And I could not think of a better, more pertinent topic than my conversation that I had with Peter Schweitzer. And when I say a pertinent topic, I'm talking about Pelosi visiting Taiwan. I'm talking about China's enormously disproportionate threats to the United States based on Pelosi visiting Taiwan. I'm talking about the Chinese buying real estate, particularly in Florida, but all over the United States. I'm talking about just this this silent war that China is engaging in against the United States, whether or not politicians and people here in the U.S. actually acknowledge that they are waging that war. They're doing it in a very sneaky way. They're doing it in a very sly way. They are trying to corrupt our nation from within to infiltrate it, to co-opt politicians on both sides of the aisles and large corporations. And Peter Schweitzer wrote a book called Red Handed that details exactly how the Chinese gain influence over, well, these powerful people, whether they're politicians or whether they're corporations. I'm talking powerful people like the Biden family. I'm talking about Senator Feinstein. I'm talking about Mitch McConnell. I'm talking about, when we're talking about corporations, BlackRock, is hugely corrupted by the Chinese communists. There are politicians who are retired from political life and now serve as consultants. We're talking about Kissinger, James Mattis. Yes, that James Mattis, Condi Rice, um, institutions and universities like Yale. I talked to Peter Schweitzer about all of it, so check it out. Welcome back. I have with me today a very special guest, a man whose work I have admired for years. I'm a voracious reader of his books. And as always, if you want exclusive early access to interviews just like this one, you can join us on the Liz Wheeler Show on lo Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. It is lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Uh, Peter Schweitzer is with me today. He's the author of Red Handed, a book I just finished reading last week. He's also the president of the Government Accountability Institute. Peter, good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Oh, great to be with you, Liz. Thanks so much for having me. All right. I have read every single one of your books. And this one, of course, is your latest book. This is really, really well done. I actually read it on a flight down to Atlanta. My daughter, I was traveling with her. She fell asleep and I read it cover to cover. Um, it, it's not only well done research wise. This is really shocking information. You are, your thesis is that uh, the U.S. government and extending actually outside of government, government, corporations, higher education is compromised by the Chinese communists. This is a pretty serious accusation to make. Yeah, Liz, it's it's predicated on what Beijing's strategy is. They're explicit about it. They debate it and discuss it in China among the CCP leadership. Uh, it's called elite capture. And the idea is pretty brilliant if you want to give them credit for it. Uh, they view themselves in competition with the United States. Some even believe they're already at war with the United States. And rather than going head to head with this very dynamic economy, uh, this you know powerful cultural force in the world, the United States, or of course the world's best military, rather than going head to head, they're going to basically decapitate the United States by buying off portions of our leadership. They do it in Washington, D.C., Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and elsewhere, and they've been very successful at it, and that's essentially what they've been doing, and uh, we need to start paying attention before we lose this competition. 
So this idea of elite capture, it is it is bribery or buying someone's soul is maybe a better way to put this. Um, let's not be hypothetical about this. In government, give us some examples um, of people, of politicians who've been bought off by the Chinese and how that's impacted well, how they govern us. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can look at people of both political parties to the highest levels of power, uh, begin with the first family, the Biden family. Uh, as we point out, uh, and it's all sourced and footnoted in the back of the book, the Biden families received some $31 million in deals uh, from China. Uh, these deals were arranged by four Chinese businessmen who we name. Each and every one of them has ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So this is clearly an elite capture technique. Uh, if you move to Congress, you can look at the Republican leader in the Senate, which would be Mitch McConnell. He and his wife, Elaine Chao, who, of course, was the transportation secretary in the Trump administration, uh, are joined at the hip with Chinese state-owned companies and the Chinese government with the uh, shipping business that the Chao family owns. Uh, the Chinese government builds all their ships for them, finances the construction of all of them to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars, provides all the crews and uh, provides a lot of contracts for them to make money. Uh, you can look at the Speaker of the House. That would be Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she used to be critical of China. She is far less so now. And part of the reason is that both of her husband and her son have secured deals in Beijing. And it's important to point out, Liz, that what China's looking for is they're not looking for robotic responses from these individuals. Uh, they categorize it, if you loosely translate it to English, as they're looking for big help with a little bad mouth. They recognize that Joe Biden or Mitch McConnell may criticize them for the work and, and the repression that they're doing on the Uyghurs. Uh, but as long as they're helping them on the big things, which is access to our capital, access to our technology, they don't mind if there's a little bit of bad mouth. And that's what I would argue is what all of these political leaders are providing for them. Yeah, and that's a really interesting. It, it puts it in perspective, I think, when you understand that just because a politician says something against China, even something condemning the actions of the Chinese Communist Party, it doesn't mean that their words don't mean that their actions reflect that. So my question to you is, first of all, good reporting, but is what is 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 allowing yourself as a politician to be bought off the way that these politicians are? Is there anything illegal that they're doing? Oh, I think potentially there is. Um, we don't know the terms of the agreement. We don't know how these deals were struck. Um, you could be dealing with issues related to national security and espionage laws. Uh, you could be potentially dealing with bribery. Uh, the way it's defined in the United States, it's kind of a quid pro quo. Uh, but my point would be is if it's not illegal, it should be. Uh, we should have laws that prevent politicians and their family members from getting sweetheart deals, and that's what these largely are, from foreign governments to curry favor with them. Uh, I don't think that if you were a mid-level employee at the Pentagon or you know you worked for the CIA, you had a security clearance, you would not be allowed to have family members conducting commerce with China, particularly with Chinese companies linked to Chinese intelligence. Uh, it wouldn't be acceptable, and it shouldn't be acceptable for our most powerful leaders either. No, it's two, it's two separate things, actually. Both are important, whether it's currently illegal or whether it should be illegal. And it obviously should be illegal. This should be a wake-up call. Your book, your reporting, the reality of what's happening should be a wake-up call for our government officials to reform um, the ethical concerns, and that's putting it lightly, that are going on here. There should be legislation. My question, I just want to clarify, what Mitch McConnell has done through his wife, Elaine Chow, who is herself a very high-powered government official, her family members own this shipping company that's tied to the Chinese Communist Party. Do you believe there is a chance that Mitch McConnell himself is in violation of 
uh, U.S. law as it stands right now? Uh, it's, it's, it's impossible to know. It's certainly possible. The way that the laws are written, it has to be an explicit quid pro quo. Uh, was Mitch McConnell stupid enough to do a quid pro quo with Beijing? I don't know. I know that he visited there with his father-in-law in 1993 and met with the Chinese State Shipbuilding Corporation. And there was essentially a bargain was struck that the Chinese government was going to aid the family's business in its rise. Uh, and it's the reason that the family is so wealthy uh, to the extent that they are today. Uh, whether Mitch McConnell guaranteed something specific in exchange, I don't have any way of knowing. But I think the pattern of relationship in my mind is troubling enough. All right. The same question for Hunter Biden. I mean, if we're talking about stupid, if we're talking about paper trails, you know, there's no better example, perhaps, than Hunter Biden. He has secured billions of dollars, at least in equity deals with entities tied to the Chinese Communist Party while his father was vice president. This is even before Biden was president. Is there is there an explicit quid pro quo that could um, that could be a violation of the law that that you have found proof of? Uh, I think in the Biden case, it's certainly closer because we have access to emails. And it does clearly indicate that he was providing access, that he might have even been providing uh, other uh, benefits to these Chinese entities in return for money. One thing that is absolutely explicitly clear that is illegal is that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, when Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, had commingled finances. Hunter Biden was paying his father's monthly bills. He was also paying for things like renovations on his father's home in Delaware. Uh, that is patently illegal. As a politician, you are not allowed to accept uh, subsidies from family members to supplement your lifestyle. Can they give you a birthday gift? Yes. Can they give you a Christmas gift? Yes. Can they be on a monthly basis paying your bills and paying for renovations on your home? Absolutely not. And the law is very clear in that case. And so were Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's actions. So when you're doing this research, when you are following the money, because that's essentially what your book is, it is the money trail uncovered all the way to the point of corruption. Was there anything that you found that surprised you? Probably the biggest surprise didn't concern politicians. It concerned uh, very wealthy people on Wall Street and Silicon Valley. I mean, I'm not excusing it. I certainly think it needs to be dealt with. But I guess we can we can at least explain why a politician sees a payday, a chance for his family to get tens of millions of dollars and decides to do these these kinds of deals. The question is, is why does a guy like Bill Gates, who's already worth $100 billion, why is he cozying up to the Beijing regime? That's probably what I found most disturbing and shocking. My thesis there is it's maybe partly about money. It's more about the fact that many of these corporate elites in Silicon Valley and Wall Street actually uh, admire uh, the authoritarian model of the Chinese government. Uh, they find it's more efficient. It, it, it responds to what they think is important, issues like climate change, or at least allegedly does. Uh, and that sort of infatuation with authoritarianism, uh, to me, was quite shocking. Uh, so that's probably the development in this book that most surprised me. Yeah, because it's ideological alignment. It's not just a matter of absolute power corrupts and greed for money, as might be the case with politicians. But the ideology of being the ideology of communism is that is shocking when anyone, especially an American, would would embrace that. Now, you provide solutions of what we can do at a governmental level, but part of it is outside of the governmental level. Part of it is at the corporate level or at the college level where 
Corporations are also compromised by the Chinese, and so are institutes of higher learning that aren't even state-sponsored. What is your prescribed solution? Because the extent, that might have been the part, by the way, that shocked me the most. I was aware of Confucius Institutes. I was aware of how many Chinese nationals come to our STEM programs, even at the grad level, um, for education to steal essentially intellectual property to take it back to the Chinese. What I was not aware was the story that you told about Yale, that they had essentially um, accepted tens of millions of dollars in donor grants from Chinese Communist Party linked entities to fund their very school. That's pretty shocking. And they're not, they're not a, a state run university. That's right. Uh, now you are required if you're any, uh, higher education uh, university or college in the United States, you're required to disclose foreign donations based on the 1965 law uh, involving education. The problem is institutions like Yale and others are not doing it. If you look at Yale right now, uh, they disclose where their foreign donations come from uh, by country. And if you were to look at that list right now, Liz, they would say with a straight face, that the foreign source of money that sends them more than anybody is the island of Guernsey, which is a tax authority off the British coast. Uh, the reason they say that is that most of their money is coming from Chinese-linked uh, companies and individuals, but rather than funneling out of China itself, they're simply setting up these, uh, you know, these pass-through accounts, as it were, uh, in these tax havens. And Yale knows this, and they are purposely not accurately reporting it. So one of the reforms would be to require them and to enforce the law that says you need to expose and explain who is giving you the donations, where they're coming from, and not hiding it in such a such a manner. That would be a beginning reform. But the other thing, honestly, Liz, is I, I'm a big believer in the old concept of shame. I think the reason a lot of this stuff is happening in the quiet corners, Bill Gates is not out going on American national television talking about how great China is. He goes on Chinese state television or in the Chinese media and says those things because he doesn't want his fellow Americans to know that he's doing it. Uh, so I think they need to be exposed and shamed and people should go to shareholder meetings and they should ask Google or Alphabet or Microsoft why they're involved in efforts to subsidize the Chinese military. They do not have good explanations for this. They will be embarrassed. And I think shame will go a long way to at least starting to move things in the right direction. Right, because every political thing is both cultural and legal, right? You can do something legally, but if the culture is not on board, then the vast majority of people might not even know about it. You did use the word enforce, though. When you talk about Yale not reporting things properly, are they technically, again, in violation of, of an existing law here, not just a case study and why we should create a new type of legislation to deal with their corruption. But are they are they in violation of an existing law? Yes, we do know for a fact that Yale did not report uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in foreign donations, largely from Chinese entities. They didn't even disclose those. They didn't even list those. There's an example of something that happened in the Trump administration I think was helpful. The Department of Education went after Yale and other schools and said, we are going to audit your books and see where your where your donations came from. It was only after that they started disclosing it again. They are masking it, as I said. I think they are violating the law by doing so because the entire intent of the law is to let people know and let the federal government know what foreign entities are trying to influence the education system in the United States. And we know that China has a policy of trying to do so. Uh, so we need to have that information out in the open. So students, alumni, and parents 
know what forces are at work on these college campuses. Peter, let me ask you, has any member of Congress invited you to testify um, about what you've reported on in this book? Uh, yes, there have been some uh, entrees made by people. I'm going to be speaking before uh, several congressional groups uh, at, at private luncheons. But when it comes to actual committees, uh, no, there are not. And part of the problem is, is that, frankly, you've got a what I would call a mutual non-aggression pact that exists with a lot of members of Congress. I mean, the reason you're not going to have some Republicans call out the Bidens for their China ties is they have China ties of their own. I mean, let's be honest about it. Mitch McConnell does not want to have a conversation about Chinese entities trying to influence American political families, i.e. the Bidens, because he himself has those same issues. Uh, so, you know, my hope is that the Republicans retake the House in November. We will be able to look at this issue new and fresh. The current leadership under Nancy Pelosi does not want to address it. My hope is with a party change that that will that 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 will shift. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. There are plenty of Republicans who don't want to have this conversation either. Well, this is also where where we come into play, meaning we the people. And this is one of the things I say often on my show is there's there's a lot of shows, a lot of pundits, a lot of people out there who can identify what the problem is. But there are very few people who are providing everyday American citizens solutions or actions that they can take on a daily basis for how to address what's happening in our country or what the Democrats are doing to our country. Maybe in this case, what some Republicans in Congress are also doing to our country. So what what people watching this can do is you can ask your congressional representative to have Peter on to have him testify before Congress to expose this issue, to really enforce existing laws, to provide, introduce legislation to end this kind of corruption. Otherwise, I mean, China's pretty, pretty infiltrated into our country. I encourage everyone, obviously, it goes without saying, to read your book, but it's really shocking to read the extent that they have infiltrated our most powerful entities in in our country. I'll give you the final word, Peter. Yeah, I would just add to that, Liz. I would look at the products you buy. If you are buying products, especially electronic products made in China, you are likely subsidizing Chinese companies that are helping build up the Chinese military. I think most people don't want to do that. Second thing is I would look at your investment portfolios. You may say, well, I don't invest in Chinese companies, but if you have an IRA or an investment account and you have, say, a world fund or an emerging market fund, look at the actual stock holdings that they have. Many of these funds, in some cases, I found with my investments, 30 to 40% of their stock investments were in Chinese companies. So you, again, may be subsidizing our chief rival, maybe even our enemy on the global stage uh, by the investment decisions you're making. So I would say vote with your dollars. That's something very tangible, specific that you can do as an individual American. I'm trying to not buy communist Chinese merchandise. It's difficult sometimes. Everything you out there, sometimes anything you want to buy, all the types of products is made by communist China. Uh, I have a lot of communist Chinese products, and I still buy them occasionally, but I'm doing my best to cut back on that. Finally today, here's more on just one of the many threats we face from the CCP. It was broadcast, I think, August 31 on the China Revealed channel on YouTube. It's titled, China Collaborates with Drug Traffickers to Transport Fentanyl to the U.S., as asserted by a former U.S. government official. Please sound by three, please. It is known that in the United States, Canada, and also in some European countries, thousands of young people die from fentanyl every year. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid, 50 times stronger than heroin. 
During the Trump administration, much of the fentanyl that enters the country comes from China was put on the agenda, calling on the Asian nation to impose more stringent controls to prevent its manufacture and dispatch abroad. A former U.S. State Department official claims that the Chinese Communist Party (CCP) is actively collaborating with drug traffickers in China and Mexico to transport and market fentanyl to the United States, partly to launder money. Fentanyl, a fatal drug. Fentanyl has been used medically since 1968 as an intravenous anesthetic, but during the last few years, a powerful industry associated with drug trafficking has developed. It has placed fentanyl on the streets, causing the addiction of millions of young people, who, when not rescued in time, end up in tragic deaths or with irrecoverable brain damage. The characteristic features of its use are reduced consciousness, pupil contraction, and respiratory depression associated with loss of reflexes. Consumption of this potent drug can lead to cardiorespiratory arrest and subsequent death. If ingested orally, it is metabolized by the liver, meaning that after consumption, most of the drug is eliminated as it passes from the intestine through the liver before reaching the blood system. But the more addicted users choose a more direct and harmful route to achieve its sedative effects: administration by blood, an injection with a very high probability of causing death within minutes. Where does it happen? Currently, most of the laboratories or pseudo laboratories that produce this drug are located in China. As early as October 2019, the New York Times published an investigation claiming that in China there are between 160,000 and 400,000 chemical companies operating legally, illegally, or somewhere in between, producing fentanyl. Regardless of the legality status of these labs, they all fall within the institutional laziness tolerated by most of the Chinese regime's anti-drug regulatory bodies. Tens of thousands of labs produce fentanyl by compressing thousands of doses in a working day with rudimentary machines that can even be set up in a home garage. Ann Milgram, director of the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration (DEA), has recently stated that in addition to producing fentanyl in pill form for export, China is also sending the essential chemicals for local production to clandestine laboratories in Mexico. Milgram said, "China is providing chemicals to Mexican criminal drug networks who mass-produce these fake pills." Mostly sold as alprazolam, oxycodone, and Percocet, but contain fentanyl. The DEA director is alarmed that the leading cause of death in men between 18 and 45 is an overdose of this drug. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimated that in 2021, more than 105,000 Americans died from drug overdoses, and 66% of those deaths were related to synthetic opioids such as fentanyl. The CCP and the fentanyl business. The export of this deadly drug has undoubtedly become a multi-billion-dollar business, and according to recent allegations, the CCP does not want to be left out. None of this can work without the involvement of the Chinese government," said David Asher, a former U.S. State Department official, on Monday, August 22nd. Suppose these accusations are confirmed in the fight against drug trafficking today. In that case, we are no longer talking about simply trying to eliminate the cartels that have historically been in charge of drug production, or the Chinese gangs that illegally produce pills in some shed in the suburbs of Beijing. Instead, the CCP apparatus would now be involved, making the situation much more complex. Asher directly blamed China's Ministry of State Security and the CCP's United Front Work Department as players in the shipment of fentanyl to Mexico, with the intention of killing American children. But the business does not end there. According to Asher's allegations, the drug money obtained by the CCP is laundered through the purchase of real estate in the United States. It's a double victory for the CCP. 
On the one hand, it manages to destroy the potential of millions of young Americans, but on the other hand, it advances its penetration in North America by acquiring land and property. A report published on August 23rd reported that fentanyl seizures reached record levels in recent months, not because of increased controls, but because of a greater flow of drugs and drug traffickers along the southern border of the United States with Mexico. A total of 2,100 pounds, 950 kilos, were seized in July, three times more than in June, and an increase of more than 200% compared to May. U.S. Customs and Border Protection states that the drug trade is almost entirely controlled by the Sinaloa and Jalisco Cartel, Mexico's two most powerful criminal organizations, reportedly colluding with the CCP. Given the impermeability of the Chinese regime, it is challenging for the international community, much less the local one, to find direct evidence confirming the involvement of the CCP in drug trafficking. However, knowing the excellent capabilities of the regime to control and suppress dissidents, it is more than suspicious that thousands of clandestine factories producing fentanyl are leaking and exporting their products unnoticed by the authorities. It remains to be seen if enough of the American people can be awakened and thus alerted to these extremely dangerous threats to our liberties and way of life, and indeed, the very survival of Western civilization. Over the weekend of August 20 and 21, Mike Lindell held his Moment of Truth Summit gathering on his Moment of Truth Summit gathering on election integrity. You can watch videos from the summit on frankspeech.com. Lindell is waging a campaign to get rid of electronic voting equipment all across the nation. It's not going to happen, at least not nationwide, in time for the critical 2022 midterm elections. One thing people can do to help thwart cyber attacks and election fraud in the midterms, Lindell says, is to vote in person on Election Day rather than using the fraud-prone mass mail-in ballots. This will help override the algorithms being used to monitor and manipulate votes electronically, Lindell states. I, for one, remain very worried about the outcome of the midterms. And at this point, I've begun to despair that we will ever be successful in uncovering the massive fraud in the 2020 election or other elections around the country. Given the scope and power of the forces arrayed against the American people and working so diligently to take over the country and turn us into virtual slaves. This does not mean that I am in any way calling for any type of violence. I still believe in the rule of law and that we can legally and peacefully take back our country, however difficult that will be. If only enough Americans can wake up to the danger and get involved peacefully. There are many hundreds of thousands of equally committed patriots working just as diligently to expose election corruption and those directly involved in it. It's incumbent on everyone who believes in this nation as it was founded and who wants to preserve our country and way of life with our blessed rights and freedoms to get involved, vote, participate in the running and monitoring of our elections, do everything you can to help win this monumental fight for freedom and humanity. That's it for another show. As always, we hope you found the content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted in the next few days on the Jim Benson Show page at bbsradio.com. Look for us again in this same time slot two weeks from today. Have a good rest of your day and evening.